Hi everyone, I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. It sounded like you were going to hesitate. Like, and I'm, who am I? Who am I today? What is my consciousness? Am I Jenny? And I'm Jenny. (laughs) Um, I fell asleep in the middle of a Zoom meeting. And now I'm doing this podcast. So that's why I sound like I just woke up. I've never fallen asleep in anything to be honest with you i don't even nap i don't believe in naps i think naps scare me naps scare me they scare me and i accidentally fell asleep in the middle of a meeting so that's where i am at emotionally great so your body's just shutting down um (laughs) we'll see if you uh knock out in the middle of this podcast recording that'll be something for the books oh joanna oh great oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's been we've been working very hard and i think we are um i'm sure you're in the same place the problem with me is i never um i never like schedule time where i'm like all right i'm not gonna do anything (laughs) i i just keep doing and then there's a moment where i either get sick or i break down or i get like you know completely overwhelmed mentally and then i'm like okay now i must now i must yeah i gotta get better at that as well because i think what happens to me is that things keep piling on and then when i have a couple days off or a couple uh gaps in my schedule i don't fill it in with like rest jenny god damn it in my it's i then fill it up because someone's like oh you want to do lunch I'm like, um, okay, oh, how's August 30th? I'm the only day I have fucking off, you know? And then yeah. I instantly regret it because I overbook myself. So uh, today we wanted to talk about something that I personally have not really related to for several years, but it is the concept of back to school. We're approaching the end of summer. It feels like a moment of your toes over the cliff of the next, you know, experience, the next year. That sounded really dramatic and honestly violent. I don't know why that was the metaphor I went with, but here we are. (laughs) You know, I got inspired to talk about this topic mainly because I had a tweet that did pretty well. Back to school commercials still give me massive anxiety. (laughs) And they're like, staples, notebooks, pencils, fear. (laughs) I can't. Honestly, I can't. They all look like a bunch of overly groomed, professionally dressed Disney Channel stars just jumping up and down, looking mad hip and real popular and excited. And here I was like a total loser who also wore school uniform my whole life. So it's not like I could really express my individuality at school in the ways that I dressed. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, I just didn't like school. I'm just, I'm just going to say it. And I think obviously that's an issue that a lot of like people who have ADHD, autism, you know, who are neurodivergent struggled a lot. And I didn't realize it until now, obviously. But I just, I didn't like it. I just, it gave me such anxiety as the years went by. Mm-hmm. Especially going into middle school. Well, it, it always felt like deeply um important like um Ugh. when you're an adult it it 
I, what I do appreciate about my memories from childhood is that it was divided into really organized sections, like of a time binder, because, you know, mm-hmm. it's like first grade, summer, second grade, summer, you know, so your life had this sort of ingrained structure to it so that, you know, you could, you could access memories quickly. And now I feel like years just jumble up into some amorphous form where I don't even, I don't know if, if that trip was eight years ago or like last month I just I can't I my brain just doesn't have those markers so you know the back to school time in my life like I I felt like it was almost uh like an intermission between different chapters (laughs) um yeah although helpful although helpful I remember these intermissions very distinctly and differently because I went to various different schools um growing up and every back to school felt different. You know, there were back to schools that were, oh my God, this is not back to school. This is like, welcome to your new life, bitch. Like, you know, like completely new city, completely new school. I remember like wondering, am I going to be cool? Because, you know, it was very inconsistent because there were some schools where I'd be cool and then some schools where I would be absolutely (laughs) not. And it kind of like was at random and i'm like is there no consistency to the rules of coolness in the world spoiler alert there are none no absolutely not (laughs) so for me the back to school time was definitely a a time in my life where it was i sort of knew what was coming but i also had no idea what was coming but then the back to schools uh during high school which is i had the same school i had you know most of the same friends I felt like a time of reinvention. It felt like a time of like, oh my God, this is the summer I grew boobs. So (laughs) everything will be different this year. You know what I mean? Or it felt like a a time for reinvention, a time to like self-reflect and see like, okay, what do I want to mejorar? It was never something good because at the end of the day, you're a child. But um, it always felt like a time to prove something. Like I'm going to be back and I'm going to be cooler, hotter. (laughs) dude that's exactly why those commercials gave me anxiety because Mm. i'm like i need to look like those kids like i need to have a cool hair hairstyle and it's funny i love that you're using the term reinvention because that's exactly i was trying to find the right word for it and and you got you got it there so i went to the same tiny christian school from kindergarten not even kindergarten pre-k to eighth grade i was in the same school that's crazy so you know it's the same kids for the most part sometimes you lost a couple kids sometimes you gained a couple kids you know but for the most part we had all fucking known each other our whole goddamn lives and it was a very small school but i always was thinking that like a couple months was enough for me to become Cher horowitz from clueless like i really thought I was going to be it, you know, and Mm -hmm. me and my nerdy ass friends would all be like, we would watch Clueless and like other typical 90s rom-com type of like, yeah, where the nerd girl suddenly becomes hot. She's all that. She's all that definitely came to mind. Like, you know, anything with Freddie Prince Jr. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Kristen Dunst and all these folks and... I'm like, yes. Or like Mary-Kate and Ashley, like when they got older, they had like a lot of, you know, shows. And since they're my age, I was always like, okay, I'm going to put like butterfly clips and I'm going to have like a feathered pen and anything to kind of add some kind of individuality to your ugly ass uniform. But no, I, 
I didn't really reinvent anything. I never grew. I stayed the same height. Tits are about the same. Jenny is the size of a toddler. It's insane. People don't know this. She is toddler sized to this I day. Am, I am toddler sized. <laughs> People are like, how can you be convincing as an abuela, but also as a 10 year old when you play? It's pretty remarkable. Michi, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, that's why SNL should cast me. But anyway, um, <laughs> but truly. What the fuck is Sorry, that laugh was just, that laugh was like haunts my dreams. I feel you sound like a carnival machine when you do that. Oh my God. And my jaw, my jaw would unhinge like a yes. fucking, like a ventriloquist dummy. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Like, I don't, I remember, I do remember getting that like little bit of excitement and I'm like, yeah, like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be cool this year. Like, no, girl, like that is not, that was never the case. I never was cooler. I've got progressively less cool as the years went yeah. by. Well, that's not true because I think we've reached our, our coolness level <laughs> this year. I mean, I, I, I gotta say, um, although I, I, wait, actually, I will say I was at a rooftop party this, this weekend. Oh my and, God. um, a group of teenagers came up to the party and started like uh, trolling us and making us feel like shit and being really mean to us. I didn't know what to do. I was like, <laughs> how? I thought I, I like if someone were, were to tell me right now, a group of teenagers are going to come and make fun of you. I'd be like, oh, I just fucking slap them. You don't because you revert back to your teenage self. And I was yeah. just like, well, well, you're you're being really inappropriate. And you, I believe you should leave. And he's like, well, why are you such a fucking idiot? And I'm like, I don't think I'm an idiot. I'm an intelligent adult woman. And he's like, no, fuck you, idiot. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk away now. And I was like, because I, I think it's funny we're talking about this because I, I reflected a lot about uh, how happy I was to be at, the, at the, the part of the rooftop where it was full of just 30-year-old people. Because I feel like I, I, I had forgotten how frightening it was to be around young people. Like I, I had just forgotten and, and, and I just experienced it again this weekend. And although I definitely idealize a lot of parts of childhood and, and, and high school and stuff, like I forget how, how scared I was most of the time. <laughs> I was just scared probably 99% of the time, not about like my safety, but about like, what are people thinking? What are people saying? Am I looking yeah. stupid? And I was looking stupid most, most of the time, but not because I was not when I was like being myself, but because I was trying to act very cool. But I remember every back to school, um, no matter what, no matter the circumstance, I, I put the pressure on myself of this is when it's all going to work out for me. <laughs> this is it this is this is the new me and it it never really happened and i remember all the dumb stuff i do like i remember one year i was like this is the year where i'm tan and and i'm gonna be hot and tan and i put so much sunless oh my god. tanner oh my god. Oh my god. on me oh my god and i oh my god i no. okay by the end of the day i was staining everything in the school no, i was like it was like my shirt, my beige shirt was like brown. I, I would put my elbow on a desk and I'd lift it and it was just like brown on the desk. And I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? You know, and that's just one of several embarrassing things that happened. I remember thinking to myself one year, 
um, this is the year where corduroy overalls are my thing. And like, I'm only going to wear them. Why would I think that's a good idea? I think we think as kids and as young adults, and I think up until recently, that change happens in one false swoop where you're like, I make a decision, I change and I enter and this is a and this is it. And then as you grow up, you're like, oh, you've changed so slowly, usually. And putting all this pressure on on one reveal is very childish. But like, you know, it's But we do it. We do it with New Year's. Yes. Adults do it with New Year's, whereas kids do it with back to school. Yeah. Because I get massive anxiety every Christmas. Mm-hmm. in that gap where we're, everything's kind of, especially in the industry, there's nothing going on. Yeah. And then you look back on your year and you're just like, oh my God, like it's either how am I going to top this year or I hope next year's better or, you know, and and I, I start freaking out. It happens every goddamn year. So it's you know, more it's about true. career goals versus like, I'm going to be so cool. <laughs> At this point, I've, I've, yeah. I've lost um, hope for myself. And I'm fine. I I love who I am. And I wish I didn't care so much about what others thought of me when I was a kid because that really plagued me. And now I'm just like, fuck it. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is interesting because we do still do that as adults. But I think a big one for us is New Year's. Like the New Year resolutions, goals. This is going to be my year. You know, stuff like that. It's interesting because... I, I never noticed until you said it. New Year's also gives me a lot of anxiety. Uh-huh. And and I've noticed this is wrong, but I'm like, I try to categorize my successes within years. Yeah. So it's like, oh, 2017 was not nothing compared to 2016. I was so much more successful in 2016. Yep. And 2017 was a really slow year. And so I thought I was I was just declining. You know, and then the next year I was like, okay, this year needs to be better. And it was a little better, but it wasn't as bad. And I remember reading in in high school this book everything falls apart by chinua achebe and we had this big discussion with one of our professors about how us in western civilization we talk we think about time as linear yeah and we think about time as you move forward and you're going towards a goal but a lot of cultures that aren't western cultures the way that they perceive time because they're for example very agriculturally reliant um is more of a cyclical passage of time so it isn't like the past is the past and you're never going to go back to it and if you got to look forward into the future it's more like (laughs) oh we're back to this time we're back to this time of the year and and we will reflect about this time and we're we're going in circles versus we're we're moving away and that helped me for like a day and then i kept on thinking (laughs) linearly (laughs) but it's one of the reasons i really appreciate seasons yeah and in la and in venezuela i never had seasons and then once I moved to the East Coast, I had seasons and, and seasons broke up time in a way that didn't feel linear. It felt repetitive. It's like, oh, now's the time of the year where it's winter. And now's the time of the year where it's fall. And it's not like, oh, God, and at this time this year, I felt like I was doing 100 million more things. You know, mm. seasons get a bad rap. But I do think that it like it, it makes the passage of time feel more cyclical. And, and I, I appreciate that. I think that's something I have to work through every freaking year because it it definitely is something that um, really negatively affects me. And it negatively affected me as a kid every time I was like, this is going to be the year. But of course, I would rather the New Year's jitters because at least it's more career oriented versus in school. For me, it wasn't about my grades. Like I wish 
that was the case. I wish it was like, this is the year I'm going to get straight A's, that I'm going to get into honors, that I'm... No, I never thought about anything academically. For me, it was just, I'm going to be cool. Like, what the hell, dude? Or I'm going to be hot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finally be accepted. I mean, if anything, I, I would think of like extracurricular shit, maybe. Like, oh, I'm going to win in the drama competitions and I'm going to do all these plays. But like, other than that, academically, I had zero goals. I was never like, yes! straight A's, here I come, full scholarship. Like it was just the, I had my priorities really twisted. And all I cared about was fitting in and being cool. I'm trying to remember, cause like I, I remember in um, a, the beginning of elementary school, I was very uncool, I was bullied. Then I changed schools and then suddenly in this school, for some reason, liking Pokemon cards, very popular. So I was super popular and then I went to middle school and I was very unpopular. Like. It always like shifted and changed, but no matter what, I always felt insecure. I'll tell you that much. Like I, I, I mean, and I think I guess most people feel that way as they grow up. And if they don't feel that way, um, they end up being terrible people. <laughs> um, but I felt very insecure, and I remember also a stark difference. I feel of the concept of back to school in the two countries I lived in because it. In Venezuela, back to school was like, okay, yeah, everyone was on vacation. Now we're coming back and um, we got to go to the one papeleria, libreria, where they sell only graph paper. They have like three versions of the notebooks, all with graph paper and the same two types of pens and pencils. And you just got to pick it and then that's all. And then in the States, it always felt like an excuse for a holiday where, you know, companies wanted to make a shit ton of money. Kind of like when Cinco de Mayo was like, oh, this could be where, you know, liquor stores make money on oh, yeah. a party day when it's actually supposed to be a day about, you know, Chicano culture. So, it, it, you know, th- th- there's very much a cultural <laughs> contrast for sure. Because when I was in the States, it'd be like Old Navy, Staples, Gap. Everyone would be like, it's back to school. Time to spend all your money on new clothes, <laughs> new shoes, new pencils, binders, backpacks and it's just like oh my god it's crazy in venezuela there, there wasn't like a lot of stores selling a lot of shit do you know what i mean it's it wasn't basic shit like you don't need a lot or at least you don't think so i feel bad for parents i felt so bad for my mom i just find it comical i even made a sketch about it a back to school sketch a few years back where Flood started listing all the wild and wacky things that teachers were requesting from the list and Mm -hmm. of course it's a sketch so i took it to like the extreme mom did you get the school supplies from the list that miss brigsby sent you ah say la miss frisbee la maestra who asked me for a two pencils pencil sharpener erasers glue sticks blunt tip scissors folders construction paper wild rule notebook tissues Backpack, lunchbox, icy machine, corn on the cob holders, a pound of lettuce, a grain of rice with someone's signature on it, a coin from the 1800s, band-aids, universal remote control, free sample, iCube tray, glow sticks, and a pillow. Again, I don't know. I don't know how parents do it. It is it is like a scavenger hunt. Like I see, I, I worked at Office Depot one back to school right. season. Never again. Um... And sometimes like now I I went to Target and it's already like the whole back to school display is there. And I'm like, can we get on with this? I want this whole section to be Halloween. Please and thank you. (laughs) Can we move? Can we move this along, people? I don't care. And it's these parents with these 
long CVS receipt, like length lists from their teachers. And they're going crazy. They're just like going and spinning in circles with their kids. And then their kids, of course, are being annoying. They're like, mom, can I have this unicorn backpack? And their mom is like, no, we got you a backpack last year. And the kid's like, but but this one has glitter, you know? And it's like, oh my God. And of course, there's like the basic ass cheap folders. And then there's like the real cool ones with like quotes and like holographic <laughs> dinosaurs. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And those, of course, are like $3. And my mom was like, no, I'm getting you the 50 cent fucking folders because they do the goddamn job. So I can see like the kids are trying to like, you know, upgrade their lunch boxes and their pencils and shit and, and their pencil cases and their parents are like no you have a ziploc bag you're gonna put your pencils in that (laughs) and that's it i I think you need to leave the states to realize how much shit is sold here and how specific (laughs) items and products can be and how unnecessary they are sometimes absolutely unnecessary i remember in venezuela like there was one pen that had five colors and you would just click the back and that everyone in every kid in school had this one pen. And then I remember going to the States for like summer school or whatever. And it would be like people would have like 1700 jelly pens. That one item is a metaphor for me of like what back to school was in these two places. In one place, it was like, oh, just have the one pen with the five colors in your set. And by the way, you only find it in one place and they might sell out. And then in, in the States, it's like. Um, yeah, primary colors aren't enough. Metallic colors aren't enough. Glitter colors aren't enough. You also need to get the invisible jelly pen that only functions when you <laughs> whisper to it a secret, and then it'll it'll tell you the secret message. Like, why do I need all this all this shit? I don't know. Yo, I don't know, and I don't even know. Is it the teachers asking this? No, is it the, I don't think who it makes is. up these rules. I think it's. I think you know. I think. I always think about sociology, even though I never studied sociology. So I am absolutely not an expert in this. But I always feel like stuff that seems that it's coming from one place. Like, oh, a teacher asking for this stuff. It never is. It's like little elements of a culture that permeate in all parts of society. And I think that the, the States is a country that bases a lot of stuff on spending money and on products being very varied and a lot of like competition of of companies so it's like you know staples and home depot and this and they they got to make a big sell and they got to market it and they got to they got to create a a basic they got to sell you the concept of back to school beyond what it is they got to sell you an aspirational thing so that you spend a shit ton of money on all those like dinosaur folders and stuff and it becomes part of culture right and it's like and then in the states it's like then it's halloween then you spend a lot of money on halloween and then you have christmas you spend a lot of money on christmas and then it's easter you spend a lot of money like everything is a a very commercialized and i'm not saying it's a bad or a good thing it's just the reality everything is a commercial for a day yeah and i think in other countries and other cultures like especially like you know the other one i have reference to is venezuela is like it, 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 it it no one was marketing back to school no one was like, it's that time of the year, back to school, <laughs> and making commercials out of going back to school, which is just a thing that happens. <laughs> you don't need an aspirational commercial. I, I couldn't break dance when I was a kid. What are these kids doing? They're like professional break dancers. They're like hopping around on trampolines, like doing backflips and shit. Um, absolutely not. Not very realistic. Even hearing you do that voiceover makes the hairs in the back of my neck stand up because I'm like, no, I remember throwing a tantrum 
on in my abuela's house in the fourth grade. I did not want to go back to school. And the back to school commercials in Spanish are even worse. Because my what I would be watching Univision like Niños y niñas, mañana va a empezar. Back to school. I don't know. How the fuck do you say that in Spanish? Um, <laughs> There's not even a term for it. It's just what happens. It's not like, Back to el school. regreso al colegio de todos los años. Ahí va, ahí va. De todos los años, back to school. It's always like, <laughs> parents and kids, it's back to school time. Time to get those binders, those folders, and a will to live. If you don't buy this thing, <laughs> you're not going to be cool. So gear up, bitches. Like, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. You know what I don't like about it? To me, it's just, maybe I'm extreme here. It just feels a little classist. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like, no, I think you're right. Here's what the rich kids can afford. And if you're rich, you're cool. And if you're not, oh, well, you're going to get made fun of because you're going to go to school with a brown paper bag lunchbox instead yeah. of the Princess Jasmine one that comes with the thermos. And you can't just get regular crayons or that you can't get dollar store crayons. They have to be Crayola, you know? So it's like the battle of the brands, the battle of hip and like have these new designs and all kinds of stuff to make, I guess, I don't know, kids stand out. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's, it's so interesting Ooh. you say that because when I, I, the first school I went to that had a uniform was my school in Venezuela. And if you don't know, like, School uniforms in Venezuela is a national rule. So every school has kind of the same general uniform, which is mm-hmm. polo shirts in different colors depending on, on what year you're in. And I remember mm. realizing I had just come from a very expensive prep school in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where children had very, very, very wealthy parents. And there was a battle of the brands, like you're talking about, like, this girl, like half the girls had Burberry scarves and then like Kate Spade this and whatever. And I remember getting to Venezuela and being like kind of relieved that everyone had to sort of wear the same thing. And it wasn't something I needed to worry about, you know, anymore about how how cool my clothes were really. But then I, I, I recently started speaking to a friend of mine that went to another school in Venezuela and she was like, even though we had these uniforms that were supposed to be there so that everyone sort of felt more equal in some way, kids would bully other kids about the one thing that they could differentiate themselves with. So for example, in this girl's school, everyone had to wear the same pants, the same shirt. The only thing they could wear that was different was shoes. Yes, same with us. And the shoes was like where all the social hierarchy was around. Yep. And there was this incredible pressure on everyone to know what shoes to buy for the year because if you wore the wrong shoes, you're going to be made fun of. So even when you try to make students homogeneous, they will find ways to lord of the fly your ass and find like something to create a social order, (laughs) like a coolness social order. Oh, absolutely. Wait, how was it like when you tell me everything? Like, what, what, what did, like, what was a cool shoe? I don't even know. All my shoes came from either Kmart or Payless. So I don't recall as a kid wearing any kind of brand name shoe. I just remember shopping at Payless all the time for any, any shoe you can imagine. And then high school, not only did we have to wear uniform, but we also had to wear these really ugly, like brown laced up sketchers. They weren't sneakers. They, they looked like a, like a loafer type of shoe, but it wasn't penny loafers. It was a different material. They literally looked like fucking turds on my feet. We weren't allowed to wear any kind of unique socks. They all had to be white socks. So what people judged each other for in high school was 
who brought in a Louis Vuitton or a Fendi mm-hmm. bag, you were allowed to bring a purse or a book bag, right? Obviously, a lot of girls would bring in purses and they were all brands, especially Louis Vuitton for some reason in my That's year. It was psychotic. Well, they would. They would bring their little baguette-shaped <laughs> fucking Louis Vuitton purses and all I would hear is these girls just talking shit about each other. Like, her Louis is fake. You could tell because... Bada, bada, bing, boom. I don't know. Because I don't even know. I can't... You tell, you show me a goddamn Louis Vuitton. I'll be like, whatever. I don't, I don't fucking know or care. Yeah. But they cared a great deal. And that... And, and of course, by high school, the hierarchy is more about who's prettier, who has the best hair, who has the best body, and who has the wealth. Like, whose parents mm-hmm. are rich. Um, that's really what determined, like, how cool you were. And obviously, there are ways, different ways to wear your uniform. So some people just knew how to style their uniform, that it looked good. And other people just look like nuns. I know, like, some people mm-hmm. just had a whole-ass floor-length skirt and and high socks and just looked real dorky. So there was there was still a way to, like, style yourself. But no, I completely understand the shoe situation. And then, of course, like, I know it's happening more now, but in my time, we still had that we had spirit day every Friday where we can wear jeans. Wow, full of spirit. Just wear denim and you show <laughs> your spirit through that, through a relatively new fabric of this century. And that is where that is where your will to live is reinforced on spirit day. Well, that was that got girls real excited because the ones that wanted to grow up way too quickly, the ones who already wanted to be like 50 year old cougars when they were 12. Mm-hmm. They were like, OK, I'm going to wear like, these Brazilian jeans that show off my ass so I can flirt with the PE coach. And I'm not making any of this up or like really roll up their shorts in a way that I was like, girl, I don't think you want to go that high, but all right, I'm not going to tell you what to do <laughs> over here. But I know now that there's more of that in schools that have uniform, like the hundredth day of school, kids get to dress up as like 100 year olds. There's spirit week. There's, I used to do crazy hat day. That was probably my favorite because that was my time to shine. I was like, I'm weird. So here we go. Between me and my mom's collective weirdness, we're going to make the most insane goddamn hat. I would win almost every year. Uh, (laughs) Shit like that, I was all about, you know? But other than that, there was just a lot of pressure. Or if you went on like a field trip or something and you were allowed to wear your own clothes, that's when things got like real scary yeah because i was like oh okay okay what what do i wear what do i what's cool i don't know what's 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 in right now but i think it's interesting because every school is like a completely different world order i remember learning about greece and how yeah it's greece it's ancient greece but like sparta was like totally different than athens like and it was like oh how are these all under the same umbrella it seems like they're like they're nothing alike that is how I feel every school is. Um, even in Venezuela, like mm. every school, and I had friends in different schools, had a completely different personality. And wow. you could even tell, like if someone was like, I'm in I'm Medicis, which was the all girls religious school, you know exactly what type of woman you were dealing with, which is like not fair. And I'm not saying it's it's true, but it it, it created a culture that made people want to act a certain way. So el Medicis was like, you know, all these like, hola, como estas mis gordis? Like, Cifrina Venezolana, like, like <laughs> with her sisters and like, you know, like cuties or whatever. And then there was like el, 
El Hebraica, which was the Jewish school. And um, they had their own like hierarchy that I have friends that like enjoyed it and friends that did not enjoy it. And then you had El San Ignacio, which was like the, the a Christian, or I guess it was like a Catholic school. Yeah, I guess it was a Catholic school that was like boys and girls. And it was like the, a lot of the wealthy people in Venezuela. And then there was like El Jefferson, which was the bilingual school. So it was like cool, but they were also more Venezuelan than my school. And then my school was called Campo Alegre. And um, they... <laughs> Our reputation was that we were fucking weird. <laughs> like, every time they'd be like, ¿Por qué hablan en inglés? Like, estos gringos loco. Like, everyone was like, these bitches are weird. All the time. And I agree. We were weird. Because we we couldn't really have a, a totally homogeneous way of being. Because it was like 20% Venezuelan. Then like 30% other Latin American countries. Then like... Mormons, a bunch of Mormons, a lot of Americans, a lot of Canadians, some Norwegians. And I loved it. Dude, but that's so much better. It, it is. And I think what happened was having a homogeneous culture was so difficult that then the culture became, oh, like people are just like weird. And it was cool to be weird and different and like not like Louis Vuitton. And, but outside we were judged. From the outside, people judged us and thought we were fucking weird and gringo you know so we, when we would all go out to a mall and people from other schools saw my school they'd be like gringo raro," and <laughs> i loved it i felt like i really belonged in the school where it was a bunch of freaky freaky freaks man i would have dug that school yeah oh god mine was mine was too i mean yours felt like the absolute opposite if i had to go to your school i probably would have ended up <sighs> Um, I feel like being an assistant manager at the Cade Jewelers of Aventura Mall. <laughs> I feel like I would have just like buckled under pressure. I would have been like, I can't, I'm afraid of acting this way or doing this. And, you know, I, I have to say that a, lo- a lot of my family members would always tell my parents, like, we feel really bad for Joanna. Not only did you switch her in and out of school several times, but now you have her in an American school where she's not going to make lifelong friends because it's an American international school. A lot of people are moving in and out and, you know, she's not creating a, mm. uh, an environment here in her country. She's sort of like meeting random people that aren't going to be here and, and whatever. And I remember hearing that and being like, oh my God, is that true? And actually, in retrospect, I'm really glad I went to a place that, was so different and weird and um where where everyone was not necessarily grasping at straws to fit in because there was just no way to do it there's no way to fit in in a place that's so diverse uh but oh it wasn't diverse economically it was a lot of wealthy kids um and that's something that like i i will say is 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 a con of that school was everyone there had money and and you know, now looking back and a lot, you know, a lot of people that I know from that school definitely never, never learned about people from other socioeconomic classes. So then Mm -hmm. you have a a group of people that I don't necessarily call my friends anymore (laughs) Um, because they, they see the world in a way that I, that I'm shocked that they still do because they just haven't been able to be um, exposed to, or they can't, Actually, they have been able to be exposed to other people. They just have chosen not to. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But in general, I think, you know, the people, all my very good friends are 
a lot of them are from there. So I'm grateful for my situation. And I think everyone, even though, even if it was traumatic, I think it does build us and, and create us and give us, give, it gives us the traumas <laughs> that help us in our adult life. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing worse than peaking in high school. You know what I mean? And we didn't peak. No, not not in the slightest. Do you think we would have been friends if we had went to school together? It really depends. I don't know. You know why? Because we both were really into drama. Yeah. And when you had girls that were good at something, it was never like, oh, we have two girls that are good at something. It was always like, which one will win? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that happened a lot when I was growing up. But then... But then, like, a lot of my closest friends did come from the drama club. So, I don't know. I think we would have been friends. I think if we would, if we had gone to my school, for sure, you would have been a very... If we had gone to your school, maybe I would have buckled under the pressure and become a nightmare human being. A lot of people did buckle under that pressure because I lost a couple friends along the way because they wanted to join the popular group. And they just became incredibly bland and boring because instead of being an individual and... I don't know, marching to the beat of their own drum. They just tried so hard to fit in uh, and grow up way too quickly. I mean, thankfully, I still had my group of nerdy, you know, girlfriends. One of them is still one of my best friends till this day from fourth grade. We were both losers together. Oh, yeah. So it was like, at least we were in it together. Like we got people made fun of us together, um, you know, and it is what it is. When you go out in the world and you like leave school, you're like, oh, I can I can definitely pave a path. But when you're in school and there's only like 40 people in your grade and that is what Ugh. your entire society is made up of, it's really constricting. It is. Your entire world is 40 fucking people. That was literally my world. My class was composed of about 25 kids max. My whole growing up, up until high school and even high school was small. So I mean, that makes, you know, that's a, that's a, a difficult society to, like being weird is just existing because there's no average there's no average in that. The average is just five girls and, or boys that just tell you yeah. what is cool or what is not. Yeah. Jenny, this is a long way of you saying you wouldn't be friends with me in high school. Just admit it. It's fine. No. Okay. You oh know what, did I, Jenny? Did I not answer? You know what, Jenny? Fuck Did you. I not fucking? But no, yeah. I think if we were in the drama club together, I think we would have gotten along. Yeah, I think we would have gotten along. I think I think we would have. We should both audition for a back to school commercial. Like just show up as like two women in their 30s. <gasps> Oh, you mean like audition for as the kids? To be the kid, yeah. Just I, I would die. I would love to. You'd probably get it. And they'd be like, are you the mother of Jenny? <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, I'm the stage mom. <laughs> uh, Jenny, if we get cast and me as your mom and you as a 14-year-old, I would love to troll Old Navy or Gap and be like, oh my God, we are a mother-daughter duo. They would also buy it because every mom, every mom in everything is like 30 and every kid is like 17. All right, well. Hi, daughter. Are you ready for back to school? Yeah, mom. Let's go back to school shopping. Okay, sweetie. I have all my savings right here. Take them. Also, credit card. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a good parent because I paid too much money for your accessories. Thanks, mom. I'm really digging this Lisa Frank calculator. Okay, you you just aged yourself, Jenny. You just aged yourself. Well, you know what? Lisa Frank is still in. Oh, damn. I guess I just aged myself then. Gen Z's all about it again. Boom, 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 boom.